0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast, Everything is Brand. This week's topic is brand value in the time of COVID. So a few weeks ago, Zinc put out a call to any organization that was helping on the front lines of COVID-19 and the fight against the coronavirus to offer our services to help them brand or market or anything that they needed to do. And an organization called COVID Trials answered the call. Two people are really key to that initiative, Rami Saleh and Elizabeth monier williams Both Rami and Elizabeth are integral to the COVID Trials Initiative, which is ultimately a joint nonprofit venture between an organization called Think Research and an organization called AirMed Trials to really post the latest COVID trial information and ultimately recruit participants across Canada. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Dr. Rami Saleh is the founder of AirMed Trials and a practicing medical oncologist and researcher at the McGill University Health Center. His goal is to support research institutions and health systems across the country. Elizabeth Monier williams is Vice President of Marketing for Think Research, and as an executive in Toronto's startup ecosystem, she has led marketing and communications teams in the life sciences, medical device, and health IT companies. So that's Rami and Elizabeth, and we're really happy to have them here today to talk about COVID trials and brand in general. So I want to start with you, Rami, and really have you tell us why you started the COVID trials initiative and how quick and nimble you needed to be to get it up and running based on everything that's going on.
1: Yes. So, first of all, thank you for having me here today. Yes, it's um, pleasure. COVID trials, thats a is an idea that came to, not only to my mind, but a couple of colleagues when we started treating patients on the COVID wards, where patients and their families asked about trials or treatments in order to fight the disease, given that there is no approved treatment out there. Um, the answer was very difficult to obtain, given that there is no standard site out there or an information resource center out there in order to give those answers answers to the patients. After consulting with few colleagues across Canada, we came up with the idea of uh, creating a platform where participants or Canadians in general can have a look at what trials are being done against COVID-19 in their country, but also give them the opportunity to uh, participate in those trials. Given that COVID does not wait for anyone and time Mm -hmm. is of the essence to fight COVID-19 and find a solution and a vaccine in order to go back to somewhat what used to be our normal life before all of this hmm. uh, time was our biggest enemy and so we wanted to find a way to come up with a branding with a platform as soon as possible why do you think creating a brand was important for COVID trials elizabeth sure and
2: i'd echo a rammy's thanks that you had us on it's really <laughs> kind of you to offer us to come on the show i appreciate that So it's difficult to reach people at the best of times for clinical trials. It's a challenging field, and I'll let Rami speak to that in more detail because he's had more experience than I have. Part of what we wanted to do here was to make a really strong case for what we were doing with the project and to create an umbrella wide enough that other partners would feel incented to come in and to join our effort so that we could reach more patients faster together. And so the importance of having a clear message, of having a unifying rallying call, of basically creating as big a bandwagon as we could and then encouraging other organizations in all the provinces and territories to to join in, that was essential to our success. And so brand is certainly a key
1: element in that process.
3: Rami, what is the greatest value of the brand for this initiative?
1: I think when we approached Zinc for the idea and how to identify ourselves to the Canadian public, the importance and the biggest factor was how do we gain the attention of the Canadian public in a brand that is easy to understand with an easy objective with a simple i would say interface and mm-hmm. this is the difficulty that we had prior to approaching zinc is how do we make this site simple before covid we had a lot of initiatives that were done to target participants and to target the canadian population but they have failed and i think the biggest reason for that was there was not really a structured well-formed brand that focuses on the regular people in Canada. So this is where biggest fear and our biggest worry was is how to figure out a brand that everybody can understand it wherever they are in Canada, independent of the age group, everybody can get it. So this was the most important thing for our brand.
3: Can you tell us the challenge that you have with respect to connecting the participants and the researchers together, which was key with covatrials.ca.
1: Very quickly, there has never been a platform that connects uh, participants to researchers. It has never been done. So this was actually a proof of concept. It is very hard to gain the trust of participants to join trials. And it's very hard for researchers to go access and tap the Canadian population to get those participants in. So we wanted to position ourselves somewhere in the middle, like a buffer zone, where we Mm -hmm. intake the participants' information safely and accurately, send it to the clinical trialists, and then they can approach the patients at that time. So we're trying to be somewhat in the middle And something that actually makes sense to the participants so we really wanted this to be very participant interfacing
3: so really what you're saying is connecting with patients and connecting with doctors is is really key for this brand so do you feel that now that branding has been created the website is up and running you feel that that actually elevated your position in terms of being able to connect with your audience really on the doctor side and patient side And really, I guess this is from your perspective, Remy, in in terms of connecting to the medical community, and Elizabeth, I guess, uh, from your perspective, in terms of just marketing and getting the messaging out to the population, to Canadians in general, to get them to to sign up and, and participate.
1: I'll go first. So from a medical perspective, I think there was a huge interest, especially when they saw the change from the old website that we had to the current one, it actually made sense they liked it, they realized the importance of not having a very medically heavy site. And this actually, when we approached partners to join forces with us, we thought it would be an uphill battle to encourage people to partner with us, but it was not. Because they felt that the message was very clear and very simple and very straightforward. The same happened when we had patient advocate groups calling us to partner with us where they said, finally, there is a platform out there that is very patient friendly, that makes sense." To our audience uh, the message was very clear we did not overwhelm with the audience which is the mistake that we do from a medical end where we bombard the audience with a lot of medical jargon and then i think that creates fear or misunderstanding about what exactly the objective was
2: yeah i'd say the trust factor is really important and it's people's bodies right it's their lives it's their health it's their well-being if they register for a trial uh, through the back end they are providing some very personal information, and so establishing that credibility and that trust where you're meeting people where they are and having the conversation at the level of complexity that is appropriate for that audience, and to Rami's point, participants are a different audience than, say, the researchers who are running the trials or the clinicians who are working to administer them and recruiting patients, and so we've made a real effort to segment those audiences and have sections of the site that are more complicated. The listings of the trials themselves speak the language of, of clinical research, which which is its own its own sort of idiom that I think Rami is much more fluent in than the rest of us. I can tell you, in terms of the traction we've seen on the site. The bounce rate has cut in half, and this is sort of marketing nerd speak, and we've seen time on page increase. And so the the things that Remy is intuitively describing, we do see analytics to drive home the point that we've made something that's more accessible. People, when they see it, aren't running away, and they're spending more time to explore and understand how this site and visiting it can benefit them. And from a marketing point of view, that's always what we want to achieve when we try to launch a new thing.
3: I was just going to say to that point, simplifying the message and really focusing only on on COVID trials and what that's all about helped streamline not just messaging, but also how people actually see it and actually interact with it.
2: Yes, uh, we see a lot of traffic through the site whenever Remy is interviewed, which has happened several times. But we also see just sort of some general uptick in people finding the site, spending time on the site, and then converting to register for trials in the back end. And so from a marketing point of view, obviously, I want to make sure the site's effective. Are we recruiting those patients? Are we filling those trials and living up to the promise we've made clinicians and researchers? And the answer at the moment is a pretty pretty great yes, but you never want to be complacent with a project like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time to go. It's probably a, a long runway to get to an effective vaccine and Luckily, there are other groups working across the world to do this, not just in Canada. But it's been great to be that rallying point here.
1: One also additional thing to add, which I've never seen in other trials or patient interfacing systems, is that there has never been a Canadian interactive map. And I think patients and doctors love it. It makes sense for them to see the trials in their province. It actually also increases their curiosity to also see trials in other provinces as well. And it can also raise questions on what is going on in other provinces, can we get it to ours from a medical perspective, but also patients get more and more excited to understand exactly what's going on. And so kudos for that, for actually being able to do that uh, Canadian map. I think it's the first time I've seen it.
2: Yeah, and that, That's great. that idea definitely came from you at Zinc, and we appreciated the clarity of that geographic storytelling.
0: And that combination of simplicity in the brand, but also a level of sophistication as well. Would you say that that really making sure that the brand and the site and the messaging and all of that being at a certain level of sophistication is key in getting people to trust and getting people to do the things that you talked about, Elizabeth, which is, oh, this is a real thing. And and is that important to both the patients and the medical community, but also potentially to Health Canada, perhaps.
2: Right. Well, I'll let Remy speak perhaps to the nuances of the audiences, because again, he's closer to the flame than I am. But in terms of that trust that It takes so much effort to get something that's simple. You don't just land in the simple place. And, you know, we've done a couple of iterations on the site and the messaging in the six, eight weeks since this was Rami's brainchild to when it's been up and running. And there is a lot of thought and thinking and planning to boil something down to reduce it to the point where it's that simple hail that says to the person, you're in the right place Mm -hmm. and you're in good hands and we're going to take care of you. And I don't even think people consciously have that thought, but I know if you get it wrong, they consciously have the other... Their thoughts. Is this right? Am I in the right place? Do I trust these folks? And so right. it's been really wonderful to level that experience up.
3: Following up on what you just said, Elizabeth, um, how important is it to have a strong brand in the healthcare industry in general?
2: Oh, that's such a delicious question. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I think healthcare and healthcare tech are probably the last big frontiers for marketing. It's been an industry that has sold a lot through in-person and the trade show experience, but we're seeing signs even before COVID that that era was changing because the overhead involved in doing a trade show and traveling and moving all your people, it's so extensive. So obviously you want to meet with your customers and you want to be able to create great experiences, but I think... Digital is probably going through that change that we've seen in the financial sector that we've seen in other retail spaces, where you have that market leading brand who upends the table, and then everybody else is chasing that. I don't think the legacy med tech companies are quite there yet. I see them starting to experiment in that area. But I think there's so much open space to do really interesting branding work in medicine, in healthcare. It's a really exciting time to be in this sector. And
3: just to that point, I find that quite interesting, because It seems like a lot of what you're talking about is the fact that they're really not talking to patients or quite frankly, in some cases, to medical professionals. It seems like some of the messaging is not defined or refined yet. So that's where I think branding can really help in positioning overall.
2: Yeah, it's really challenging. Projects like this, where you're working with clinical leaders like Rami and doing something that's so overtly participant facing, as a med tech vendor, those are rare. And it's appropriate that they be rare. We're here to support folks like Rami who are in hospitals, who are treating patients. It's never the role of the med tech company to do that work. We're here to support it and help it accelerate. And so you're always a little bit removed from kind of where the action is. But that's why projects like this one are so exciting. And it's such a great opportunity to connect with participants and hear directly from them, certainly in some of the Facebook ads we've been doing to get the word out. You get it full in the face as to how people are reacting and Mm -hmm. what they think is positive and what they think is challenging and maybe things that they're working through. It's been really exciting to sort of get that immediate response.
0: And you can count on the general public to not hold
2: back, right? (laughs) Yeah, they'll give it to you straight, for sure.
3: Rami, what do you envision for Covatrials.ca going forward? And how can brand and marketing help you accomplish it?
1: As I mentioned before, covidtrials.ca is a proof of concept on can we engage the public in clinical trials? And if the answer is yes, can we continuously engage them With trials in general. CovidTrials.ca only focuses on trials in COVID, but hopefully soon trials from other disease sites will start opening up back again. And there is an interest in the medical field already to see if this can be applied in general. As we discussed, the medical industry is sort of ancient in some cases. I presented CovidTrials.ca and the Zinc Initiative in a seminar where there was COVID researchers And we all agreed that the last time there was a trial interfacing system was in 1999 and the year 2000. And we are extremely far away. Branding has come a long way, the internet technology, how to get in touch with people, the metrics that we can understand to refine the message better. We are actually in the golden era right now. And what I do envision is that COVIDtrials.ca, the same message, And the same branding message that was created by zinc which is complete the circle can be applied to any trial in general so it is a universal message that can be applied and this is my hope is if we continue with this interest and engaging the public nothing will stop us to just implement it in trials in general
0: so i just wanted to know sort of what advice
3: you guys have for organizations and marketers trying to pivot and move quickly to build a brand going
1: forward from a medical perspective it's very hard to say this is mostly on elizabeth's end but from my perspective i think any medical association and any company that is thinking of entering the medical field needs to understand the audience from the beginning before they start building their websites and building their brand i learned it very much so when i created the site i thought that i nailed it and then when zinc came in and did the message it's true that it is a simplified message but i found it at the beginning to be very hard to accept the change But then when I took a moment and thought from a patient's perspective, it actually made sense. So I do advise people before they actually move forward and with their project, just take a step back, think about the brand, do understand that the branding is actually the first and the most important step, or even if you have an amazing program or an amazing system, it might not even hit your audience because of the brand.
2: I'd say on our side that planning and thought up front really does matter. And we're lucky for this project. We also have a a really awesome VP of communications, Genevieve Tomney, who unfortunately wasn't able to join us for this podcast today, but has been instrumental behind the scenes in terms of translating our messages for the public and thinking through what's going to resonate and what isn't. Her background is in journalism, and that's been invaluable to this enterprise. I'd say it's hard right now because budgets are uncertain, company pipelines are uncertain. There's so much uncertainty everywhere for people and their jobs. So I think the first thing is to just level set on where you are. What are you running that maybe doesn't make sense anymore? Hopefully people have gone and done that internal audit, right? Or Do you have messages that are public facing that maybe might be off-putting given how quickly things have pivoted? I think a lot of that happened sort of March, April, but you may have things that were scheduled that you haven't looked at and you wouldn't want to be surprised by those. I think it's also getting really clear on where you can spend and what resources you have, and what's going to deliver the most bang for your buck. And so we knew for this project that a simplified message was really important. And that's why we were so grateful to have uh, Zinc and the web development house of Dizzy uh, come on as partners, because there was so much further work that we were able to do with you aboard that we wouldn't have been able to do ourselves. And I think that openness to partnership and looking for people to help propel your project where maybe you wouldn't look for them normally or in the past. Uh, I don't know if Remy's worked with a branding agency before, but he was really open to the process and open to experimenting and that willingness to try and iterate and be clear-eyed about what's working and what isn't i think that's essential for marketing teams no matter what discipline and segment they're selling in right
1: now just to be very clear moving forward any idea of mine moving forward will <laughs> definitely have a branding visit first before moving <laughs> He's I a now. That yes that's right
0: That's that's awesome. I mean I think that what's really clear and and, you know what I want to really make clear for our listeners is how quickly and how hard it was to kind of get this up and running from a point of zero and do it in a situation in a time when it really needed to be done fast. And I think that either even coming up with the idea and then reaching out to us and us, Top tazy and, and that whole thing and Elizabeth, Ewan and Jen, really making sure that it got out there, it was a really fast situation. And I think that through all of it, what was clear is that even though it had to be fast, even though we had to be focused on it, even though we had to make sure that we were recognizing all the audiences, we also had to make sure that it did all those things that you talked about, that it was a simple message, that it was something that people felt good about and wanted to participate in, that it was something that they could trust and take a look at it. And really the brand was, I think, most helpful from that perspective is that when people come to the site, it feels like this is a real Thing that's been thought out, even though it was done quickly, it's been thought out. And there's some really strong professionals behind the scenes. I mean, you know, we put all of the bios up there and everything, because it's really about ensuring that the audiences understand what they not only what their role is in this, but also how they can help and them feeling really strong about that. Elizabeth, you talked about that. It's very personal for people to get involved in a trial. And we had to be very respectful of that. And we had to really make sure that Everything and all the thinking that you had done from a medical perspective was translated, simplified, and then brought into the vernacular and the voice of the patient and really making sure that that was all part of it.
2: Yeah, I really like how the graphics in particular tell that story because we had sort of that that image that's really for researchers and clinicians of that, what the virus looks like under a microscope with those sort of knobby things. And they kind of look like T's. And I know some of the folks on our, in our internal team, um, Sim Rankison, who's our our in-house design person was like, I really find that thing gross and off-putting. And what she loved, they loved about how it translates is that it's, it's simplified. You still get the T in the structure so that it hails you as being about Corona, but it's sort of stripped out the medical nuance to really resonate with patients and participants in a, in a really clear, clean way. And I think we went from our first kickoff meeting to that in like something like 24, 36 hours. Like it was yeah. Yeah. it was a blistering pace, but well right. well deserved.
0: But it talks to the importance as well of making sure that even though you're moving at that blistering place, the end result ultimately is going to last for a very long time. So you really have to be clear and concise about how you put that together, whether it's the imagery or the messaging or the or the positioning, because that's going to last for a while. And those 24 hours will come and go very quickly. But the results of those 24 hours need to last a very long time. So it, it's really important to be focused on that.
2: For sure, and 100%. It was was amazing to watch it iterate that quickly and that coherently. And there's so much play and room to explore in the brand uh, and to play with its elements that uh, that's really exciting to me as a marketer who's now then applying it sort of day in, day out as the brand grows.
3: I know we kind of talked a little bit about opportunities earlier, but is this uh, now that it's up and running and everything seems to be running very smoothly, is this kind of opening new doors, new opportunities already in terms of bigger conversations that you're having? Or is, is it still too early to, to judge that?
1: Definitely, there are already opportunities to expand. We have large trial groups in Canada that are all across Canada that are thinking of implementing this on a bigger level. I think the message, despite, as Brad said, despite as it being, it was actually 24 hours, I remember, it was the first meeting with you guys was Wednesday at 2 p.m. And then the second meeting was the next day, exactly on Thursday, where you presented the slide deck with the vision. Um, I love that message. analytical mind, Grammy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, be, to be honest, I was very impressed that not only in 24 hours you provided the logo. I was only expecting the logo, but the, the complete, the circle message also was there within 24 hours. And it was truly very universal that if you take the message, you take the logo, and you take this brand, you can literally apply it to any trial anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is what I hope, I, I, we will actually not hope, I will use it. In order to expand from COVID trials to clinical trials. clinicaltrials.ca.
0: That's a really strong point, Rami, is that anytime we're looking at these situations, we have to keep in mind the bigger picture. It's sometimes easy to kind of get lost in the details, but it's really about making sure that we take that bigger picture, understand where it needs to go, understand, you know, what are all the ramifications that could come out of this, and then use all of that as information to spur us on and, and make us go in the right direction. Well, at any point, building a brand is a sometimes difficult and arduous task. Uh, but you know when you have to do it quickly, it just adds a different level of excitement to the whole situation. But I have to say through all of it, the importance of what you're doing can't get lost in this. We're, we're, I mean, we're putting it uh, in a brand perspective, but the importance of what you're bringing into the world is such a key thing. And we're really proud to be part of that and, and to partner with you on this because it allows us to take what we're good at and really bring it in and add to, as a very small piece, to what you're doing to to really make the world a better place.
1: So for all the researchers, I think, and the listeners out there who take active part in uh, clinical trials, whether in general or against COVID, right now, the most important word between us researchers and healthcare professionals is collaboration. This is the time to collaborate. So please visit uh, the site encourage to have your trials complete the circle, add your trial, as we say, on our site.
2: And for participants, I'd say it's been really inspiring to see how many people have stepped up and stepped forward already. People at varying levels of interaction with the virus, so we have people who've been infected and have recovered. We have people who are currently in hospital. We have people who've been exposed and are quarantined. And then we have people who just want to help because every trial needs a control group that it doesn't have the virus uh, to test whether the medicine is effective. And so it's been, I'd say, the, the most interesting group. Uh, we did have a bunch of folks who came forward and, and signed up who were under 18, and I thought that was really, really sweet yeah. of them. Uh, unfortunately, because of consent and, and rules, we weren't able to have them enroll in the trial, but it was really inspiring to see even teenagers say, this is important, I see value in this, and I would like to help. So uh, I always think of them when I think about our wider recruitment efforts.
0: That's yeah, and that's that's an, that's an important part. And, and really what it comes down to is that the researchers and the patients are the lifeblood. I mean, we've provided a vehicle, but it's really the participants in that vehicle that will make this a success. So thanks again for joining us. And thanks, listeners, for joining us on this week's podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week where the Zinc team will look at a whole new topic and bring even more information to you about brand. And always remember, everything is brand.